When I was 23 years old, all anybody wanted to ask me was, what do you do for a living? And what was my response? My response was, I do awesome. I'm Steve Armato, and I started this podcast to interview awesome people who build awesome lives. So now, let's do awesome. This episode is with someone who, I mean, he's family. You know, I know him since we are little kids, and I've seen him grow up quickly. And he always was someone who was older than his age. He was older than me. I'm seven years older than him. And he was he was older than me, it felt like at times. And he started in sales and we worked together at a startup and he ended up opening his own business where he's had to pivot. He's gone through ups and downs. He's gone through massive life changes. And he is just somebody who encapsulates what this podcast is about. You're going to get such value out of listening to him. You're going to get such value out of his story and his journey. And I'm really excited for you to listen to this episode. Rob LaRocca, the owner of LaRocca Fitness, also basically a family member for the last uh, 28, 30 years of my life. Welcome to the Doing Awesome podcast, man. Thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, I'm super excited to be here. Um, yeah, I don't know if you want to tell people we're family. Might might do some damage to your reputation, but it's out there now. So what are you gonna do? No, it's out there. We don't. We, we don't need. They, they know already, so it's fine. But listen, so let's let's get into it right away, right? LaRocca Fitness. It's your baby, your creation. Not really where you started though. Like you were selling paint for Bear. You had your hands in a startup. Like, let's go back to the beginning of your journey and walk me through it and how you got to opening up a gym. Yeah, so it's super weird that you're asking me this because I actually just had this conversation with a friend of mine like last week and he was talking about college and they were saying, you know, could you have got where you got, you know, without going to college? And I said, I honestly think I probably would have been better off if I didn't go to college. And everyone, you know, I guess in this culture, their eyebrows raised and you got to go to college to get a degree. But I feel like I learned so much more after college than I did in college. And all of the jobs I got, which were great, right? So I did, um, I was in sales. I was sale- selling chemical coatings, which everyone knows is paint. I was doing that for years. We had the startup, which were, you, were, you were involved in, the, uh, the rapid response app for the firefighters. Yeah. And all that stuff was great, but I didn't need a college degree to get it. And um, the reason I say that is because... Everything that led me to where I am in the, in the gym was just real life experience. So got out of college, went to a job fair, um, Sherwin-Williams, the biggest chemical coatings, paint, you know, they, they paint everything possible in the world. Uh, at a job fair, they said, listen, you know, do you want to manage one of our stores? I said, all right, you know, I'll do it. It'll just pass some time until I find a better job. And then I start realizing that sales in life is everything. So start selling, I get bumped up to a manager, right? From assistant manager to a manager. Then I get bumped up from a manager to a sales rep. Then the other, the other, you know, coatings industry people start calling. We want to, you know, we want to see if you want to come work for us. So I make a couple of changes and COVID hits. And I think a lot of people, when they talk about COVID, it's when their journey ends. But for me, I was doing personal training on the side, uh, just trying to make a little bit extra money. And then the gyms closed down. And I'm like, all right, what am I going to do? No one's buying paint. No one's training at the gyms. Weather starts getting warmer out here in New York. And I say, you know what? What do I have to lose? 
let me start taking a couple clients at the park outdoors. And then that is literally what skyrocketed my career. That's just what, what sent me through the roof in training. I started building up a clientele. And then a couple of years later, I was, I was faced with the choice. Are you going to take the safe route and stay with the paint and do the training on the side? Or are you going to follow your dream? And that's, that's what I did. And I went full, fully for it. That's yeah, that's in, that's incredible that you, you like just decided, hey, like it's time to go all in. Also, I kind of want to go back a little bit. I agree with you on the on the college thing. Like if I had to do it again, I might not go. I mean, I did learn some skills. I did learn some skills for like video and stuff, but they're very it's very like surface level. Like a lot of stuff that I've learned in life and especially starting a business, I, I didn't take college for. And I think a lot of people I think in today's culture, it's like, wow, like, how could you say that? But it's like, things are turning now. You know, you see it more and more. You could learn anything online. So I, you could learn anything. And I never had when I when I went for an interview or if I went for um, a promotion, I was always like ready to talk about my GPA. Never did they ever ask me, did you even go to college? No one even cared no. because it's what you're doing. You could have the top degree, but if you can't sell anything in the sales world, they don't want to hire you. So it's an iffy subject. If you're a doctor, if you're a lawyer, obviously you have to go to college. But for guys who are taking the path that we took, you know, everybody out there, just think before you take on $100,000 worth of student loans when, you know, maybe you could start working at 18 or 19 and be four or five years ahead of the game. That's, that's, a, that's a game changer. Right. That changes, that changes everything. And I, I wish I knew that back then, but now I'm on the track now. But I want to talk about this too. Like what were, you know, where you're at today, like it's, it's a successful gym. Like your social media is popping. Like there's people coming in and out, you know, what were some of the things that, that you had to go through to get to where you're at now? Um, going into a new business. The, the biggest thing is everyone who doesn't own a business thinks that they could do it. Right. And that's where you get a little time. As soon as you start a business, everyone's got ideas and ideas are great, but ideas don't mean a thing if you can't put them into place. So the things I had to go through Literally, I'm, I'm training in the park. I'm training clients. And I decide, okay, I want to I make this legit. I want to have a business. You're looking around like, what, what do you even do? You got to start an LLC. You got to get a lawyer to start the LLC. And you got to get an accountant. After the accountant, you got to get insurance. And you got to get rent. It's all this stuff is like the biggest thing to overcome is having no idea what to do, right? But the way I overcame it is you just take, a, take one step at a time. And you're going to screw it up. And I screwed up a million things. And now I can start a business with my eyes closed because I've done it and I've screwed up. So biggest thing I've had to overcome is just not having the knowledge. But everyone starts without having the knowledge. That's what I've learned. Right. They, no, one has, no one has it at the beginning. No. Like you just have to figure it out. And like you especially, I know you had the gym open for what, a couple months and then it flooded? It flooded. Yeah, the gym flooded. And then I remember that day. I remember like calling my father and saying the gym flooded and I was having this panic attack and he was just like, listen, relax. It's not a big deal. And I was like, how do you say it's not a big deal? I got to close the gym down for a day. My clients, this and that. And then he's like, listen, this is going to happen. All this stuff's going to happen over and over again. And again, that's another, another learning experience was now if the gym flooded, I'd be like, all right, listen, you know, we know what to do. It's not a big deal. You know, blah, 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 blah. You just, as time goes on, you learn patience. You learn that things are going to happen. You got to roll with the punches. All the cliche stuff that our parents told us when we were growing up that we didn't want to listen to, it's, it's true. And it, hold, it holds its way forever. You got to roll with the punches. It is what it is. Stuff's going to happen. The people that succeed are the people who could roll with the punches and keep going. That's the bottom line. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Now I want to talk about the gym itself a little bit. Like who, what type of clients do you have? Like who's your, who's your like clientele? Like I know it's, it's crazy. I see everything on social. I've worked out there. It's a great atmosphere and environment. So like what's your clientele like? And tell me a little bit about like the environment in the gym. Yeah. So the clientele, we have people from all walks of life, um, male, female, old, young, um, people who want to do bodybuilding, people who want to do CrossFit, whatever it is, we have everybody, right? Now we got um, a lot of boxing clients we've been doing. We have a great trainer who's been doing boxing and stuff like that. But the environment in the gym, and it's, a, it's an environment that I wanted to create, was one that's different from other gyms out there. And of course, every gym owner is going to say that their gym is different somehow. But the way that we did that was we focus on habit change and we focus on the mental aspect of it just as much as the physical. So I just put out a tweet the other day. If, you're, if your trainer doesn't care as much about your mental health as he does about your physical health, a new trainer. And that's like, you know, a, a lot of trainers may think they care about your mental health, but what everyone's going to do is you walk into a gym. They're going to put you on some fat diet. They're going to give you some fat workout that's going on, right? They're going to give you a cookie cutter solution to a problem that's just not cookie cutter, right? Not everyone is the same person. So recently what we did is we did away with group classes in the gym. We don't do group classes anymore. We do a lot of semi-privates and stuff like that. So there might be a lot of people training at the same time, but everyone's doing their own workout. And the reason that is is because we got to a point where we were training 10 people at once. And I'm looking around at the workout and I'm saying, every person in this class needs a different workout. This person shouldn't be doing that. This person is trying to lose weight. So I really, really became big recently in the last year on getting rid of that cookie cutter mentality in the gym. And I really got big on focusing on what people are doing outside of the gym as opposed to just what they're doing inside of the gym. And that's, I can't tell you the amount of people that we've got into therapy, mental health, mental health counseling through the gym. I can't tell you how open we are about all that stuff in this gym because that stuff is what leads the body to be healthy as well. You know what I mean? If your mind's not right, your body's not going to follow. So what we do now is we focus on first and foremost, getting everybody's mind right, finding out their why, finding out why they're doing what they're doing, what's happened in their past, what's the journey, what do they need? And then we create a plan to, to tailor it towards them. That's that's really amazing. And it's also really important. I feel like, you know, you, nobody in a gym really talks about the mental aspect of it. Like everybody talks about, you know, nutrition and like, what are you working out X amount of times a week? But it's a lot of gyms aren't specialized specifically, you know, to the person. So what you're doing is is awesome and like i know that's a change for you and it's a pivot but it seems like a really good pivot and i know you also have another part of the business where you have the the vitamin drips right yep. the you have that stuff can you talk about that a little bit i know that's that's a big part of it as well yeah so the vitamin drips we just opened up and for those of you who don't know what a vitamin drip is it's an iv bag that goes into your right into your vein right so it goes to your bloodstream and it's filled with um, vitamins, fluids, aminos, and we do different cocktails for different things. We have energy cocktails, we have hydration cocktails, we have cosmetic cocktails, all this stuff. And the reason I was so big on this is because, again, we're living in a world, and this is something I'm very vocal about, a lot of people don't like it, but we're living in a world where you could walk into a doctor's office, and they're going to give you a shot of Ozempic or whatever other brand you want to talk about without talking once about what are your habits, how do you sleep, 
How do you eat? Um, what's your mental health like? Everyone wants to give a pill. Everyone wants to give a shot and they want the quick fix. And I'm trying so hard to create a community where we focus on health first, where we focus on long-term solutions, not short solutions that are going to, you know, help people lose weight right now, help people look good, help people feel better for a short period of time at their own risk. And the thing we say in this gym all the time and the thing we say upstairs when we're doing the drips is if it's not a long-term solution, it shouldn't be done, right? If you lose weight, if you lose 50 pounds and you can't keep the 50 pounds off, you were better off only losing 10 pounds than losing the 50 pounds if the 10 pounds was going to stay off. So it's the same thing, what I believe into my core, and I'm trying to create something where they can come, they, they do their workout, right? Then they come to me and they get nutritional counseling because I'm certified in nutrition. So it's a one-stop shop. And then they can go upstairs and get a vitamin drip to hydrate. They could go upstairs with one of our nurses or our doctors and talk about, um, you know, maybe some of the hormonal issues they have and we could see if we could help them. We're helping pregnant women. We're helping people with autoimmune diseases. We're helping people, you know, who have some mental health issues. We're helping people all across the board. And we're trying to create an environment where you walk into the gym and it's people out there who aren't in the industry don't understand. There's so many people in the gyms. There's so many gyms that are unhealthy and, and the habits they push are just doing 10 times more harm to you than they are doing good. And that's not what we want to do here. And can you actually talk about, um, we didn't get into this, but you just mentioned it. Can you talk about the nutrition plans? Like, does everybody have a specific plan? Like, do you sit, like, do you sit with them individually and you put together like, Hey, this, if this is your goal, this is how many calories you have to eat. Um, do, how does that work? And like, how long do you do those nutrition plans and do they change over time? So anyone that signs up for my gym, and this is a big perk of the gym, gets a full nutritional plan just for them, right? So they'll sit upstairs with me, we'll do a consult, I'll get your height, with, you know, your weight, your measurements, your age, all that stuff, and we'll do a plan. I have some people that like an extremely structured plan, and I'll give them seven days of meals, and it literally, it lists every ingredient and in every meal that they're supposed to eat for those seven days, right? I have some people that come in, and they want a little bit less structured plan, they want a little bit more freedom. So um, some people will putting on a fasting regimen, and then we give them the healthy options they could eat. But again, that was another big thing to me was, you have people going into gyms and maybe their trainer is training them, um, you know, for a high intensity workout. And then they're going to the nutritionist and the nutritionist is put them, putting them on a diet that's extremely low in calories, not knowing that maybe they're burning too many calories now. Maybe it's deteriorating their muscle mass. Maybe it's, it's, it's deteriorating their energy levels and all this stuff. So when I opened up the gym, I wasn't certified in nutrition yet, but I went back to school to do that. Again, knowing that the best way to give clients um, the best shot at being successful and being healthy and hitting their goals was to, again, have a trainer that knows their nutritional plan, right? And then that way, if maybe I see, all right, the trainer comes to me and says, uh, you know, so-and-so is going to be doing a lot more hit in the next couple of weeks. Can we up her calories a little bit so that, you know, she doesn't deteriorate? And I can say, all right, great. Let me go back to the drawing pool. I'll send her her new plan tonight. So again, I'm trying to create this environment where it's almost like the Home Depot of physical health. We do everything. You check the boxes. You got the drips. You got the nutrition. You got the training. We're trying to help you with your mental health a little bit, all that type of stuff. So it's a one-stop shop for, for all that stuff is what we're going for. Right. And you mentioned uh, your trainers. So you have, like, you have a team that works for you. So you train your trainers on, on all this and then they go out on their own. How does that work in your, within the business? So that's a great question. And the biggest thing for me is I'm not a big fan of 
taking someone's style and changing it, right? So all my trainers have their own style, right? And th that's a big thing because my way of doing things is not always the right thing. And I know it's very, very, it's weird to hear a business owner saying that because you probably hear the difference, but my way of training is not the only end-all be-all to training. I got a kid Christian in the gym who's great. He comes from an MMA background and he does these crazy workouts where he mixes with the MMA with the weights and stuff like that. People love that. I got another guy in the morning. His name is Logan. He's from the Coast Guard. So he does a lot of, a lot of boot camp style workouts. I got a girl at night who does CrossFit, right? So I, again, that was one thing. When I seeked out trainers, I told them all. I said, you cannot be me. You cannot try to be me. You have to be yourself. Now, again, they have to stick to certain maybe guidelines, and I, I kind of push what the end goal is. But what I tell them is the end goal is the same for every client. The way we each get there is going to be a little bit different, which is good because people are different. People want different styles. We got to give them, you know, we got to give them options when they come into the gym. Yeah, and that's important too because it, a lot of, you know, like you said, and I feel this way too, especially in a business, like my, it, like my way of doing things within a business might not exactly be the right way for somebody else. But like if the job's getting done to the best of that person's ability that you bring in, there's a reason you're bringing them in. So I also right. think that that's, that's you, in my opinion, that's you being a leader and being a good leader because you're letting people be themselves while they also are bringing value to your clients. So like, that's very commendable of you. Like, that's great. Like that just shows like as a person that you're, you're very aware and you've, you've grown, you know? So I, I love, I love that aspect um, of what you do. I mean, you know, I've been there a million times. I could sing, I could sing your praises all I want, but I just feel like, you know, that you, you're doing it the right way and it's great to no. hear someone doing it the right way. No, I appreciate that. And we talked about struggles. One of the biggest struggles is you give people enough freedom. A lot of people take that to a level which they shouldn't. And that's probably the biggest struggle I've had is I come in and I kind of, I let trainers do that thing. And you know, the old saying is you give someone an inch, they take a mile. A lot of people do that. So the turnover as in terms of trainers to find the best one is a little bit difficult. But right now I feel like I finally have a, you know, a core energy and it, it took me five years, Steve, to, to get to like my core, you know, four trainers, which is. I would say maybe a lot of people do that. But again, I also had to look at myself and say, you know, what am I doing wrong that maybe the people I'm hiring, maybe I'm not looking for the right things. But that was probably the biggest challenge is you want people to learn on their own. You want people to have their own style, but it's very hard to tread that line of them doing what they want and then taking advantage of that. You know what I'm saying? Right. Absolutely. And you, that's why it takes time, man. Like I've been doing this same thing. We started, we started our businesses about the same time, like yeah. five years, five years in now, like you've, I've run through editors, I've run through producers. Like, you know what I mean? It's, it's not a one size, it's not a one size fits all in terms of your actual, like the people you're hiring, but you just got to figure out, you make mistakes along the way. And you know, you look at yourself and you're like, all right, I know not what to do now, which is that's as important as knowing what to do. Right, right. And it never gets easier letting go of an editor, right? It's always like the hardest thing when you gotta let go of someone and you gave them enough chances. It's it's a difficult part, you know, I'm sure you know of of owning a business is like oh, I gotta I gotta let this person go. I gotta you know, that's that's right. a hard conversation to have. Right. And it's, it's tough and you just have to, you know, you figure it out and then like, you're like, oh, but can I bring in somebody or maybe they do a really good job and you're worried about somebody coming in and keeping the quality of the work up, but maybe they're just not the right fit. So it's, it's tough, but I want to also pivot to this cause you're, you're on, you know, you're, well, you're from Staten Island. I want to really talk about like, you know, 
where you grew up and like how that shaped you. Like we're from the same place. So I want you to talk about like, how did it, where you grew up shape you and like help you like as you went through life? Yeah. So, you know, we all know what's, what Staten Island is. And a lot of people outside of Staten Island, they have their ideas of what it is. Some are true, some aren't. But, you know, the way we grew up in Staten Island, I'm sure you could, you know, attest to this too, is Staten Island's filled with a lot of people that maybe don't have the college education, maybe aren't white collar people, but they found a way to be successful, right? And to me, the biggest benefit of growing up in Staten Island is any mentor I've ever had, in business and stuff like that, they weren't these polished up Wall Street business guys that you would think a mentor is. A lot of times they were people that, you know, grew up um, very moderately, you know, they, they had moderate upbringings. Sometimes some of them were poor when they grew up and they, they created something, they create these businesses that make them extremely successful. So growing up in Staten Island, there's a lot of people on the other side of the coin, which you don't want to look up to. And I understand that, but there's a lot of working class people out here that came from nothing. They have no degrees. They have no formal education, right? And these guys, it's almost like they just – the only thing they were thinking of was success. And sometimes I say it, and I don't mean this to insult anybody, but sometimes I say some people are too stupid to fail because a smart person, right, that maybe has a little degrees is going to sit there and think of every single way something could go wrong. They're going to sit there and say, well, if we do this, they're going to think of every single risk. And a person who maybe doesn't think like that is just going to go full force. And nine out of ten times, the person who goes full force – Maybe they'll fail, but they'll get there a lot quicker than the guy who's just too busy sitting there thinking about every every single possibility and every way to do it. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. <laughs> and it's true. It's true though. Like it's not and that's not really an insult because you see it a lot too. Like there are people that are or, or people think are like so smart, right? There are pe- like people are like that is one of the smartest people that I know, but that person is in their own head like all day long oh, and they yeah. never get any they never get anywhere. Because they they can't they're just in their head. But the person that is just like I don't yeah all right there's risk I don't really care about the risk I'm just gonna go do it and I'm gonna keep going forward and all of a sudden they're successful they have a successful business they have this they have that and it's like wow all right that's a person that you really you know you really look up to and and you know you mentioned um, having mentors right every mentor you ever had and like so that means that you're a person that you know builds relationships like how important are those relationships to you and like do you have any advice on how you like kind of nurture those relationships and keep them going yeah so i mean listen mentors are a mentor a lot of people think a mentor is someone who's going to sit you down on a weekly basis and there are mentors like that but you could have a mentor that you've never met before right that you especially now in the world of social media and these books and stuff like that you could have a mentor that lived you know 100 years ago and you read what he wrote and that could be your mentor so that's pretty much the way that i go about it more but especially in the gym what i've noticed is a lot of successful people fitness is a big part of their life so i've had so many people that started this clients and, you know, as a, when you're training someone, you have an hour, you're sitting there, you have a little off time between sets sometimes. I've got to talk to so many people who were successful. And those people, again, now it's like, it's a weird thing because they're coming in as clients and then you're seeing these people three, four times a week. And now it's like, you know, and this is what I tell my younger trainers. I say, the amount of people that are going to walk through these doors to get in shape, help them get in shape, right? Give them everything they need and then just, just watch them and listen to them. Listen to the way they talk about things. They'll tell you everything you need to know. And as soon as, you know, these, these type of people, these successful people, as soon as they see like, wow, you know, 
this guy's here at 5 a.m. He's, he's training. He's a young guy. You know, my other trainers, they're here late at night. People like that, they gravitate towards people that are like them. And it's amazing that in, in this type of gym, right, in this type of atmosphere, those people will – they'll seek you out to almost mentor you, right? Those, those old school guys who are successful, they're still working out. When they see that you're, you're like they were, it's almost like an unwritten code. They want to help you, right? These guys remember when they were you. They remember like, oh, I remember when I was that kid hustling, you know? And then they start to mentor you. And it's just amazing that you find like-minded people – and you might not know right away that they're like-minded, but they always, they always seem to find a way to seek you out. Yeah, it's true because a lot of, you know, I've heard a lot of times people like people who want to mentor somebody, they look for a version of themselves in that person. So it's funny that you say that. And it's, you know, and like, it's for you, I feel like when you're training them, it's like you have a lot of time with them and it might not be them directly mentoring you, but it might just be something as simple as they're just throwing you hints here and there. And they're just, exactly. they're, they're just hoping that you listen. And I know you had, you know, you mentioned it doesn't have to be a, a person that, you know, it might be a person you look up to if, if like you see them on social media or you read a book, like, do you have any books or something that has changed the way you view the world? Yeah. I mean, listen, there's a, there's a million books and movies I've read and I always, I always gravitate towards the underdog story when I'm watching movies and stuff like that. But um, I'm extremely big on psychology. I'm extremely big on religion. And this year, I would say, again, probably the most cliche answer I could give, which if you told me a year ago I was going to say this answer, I would have been like, you're crazy. But I read the Bible every day. And I finally found my faith this year. And I did. I went through a bunch of hardships in my personal life. But if you ask me the single most important written piece that's ever been written that's timeless it's the bible and i don't mean the bible because a lot of people if you've never read the bible if you haven't you know practiced a christian faith or anything like that you might think the bible just says you know in big letters love everybody don't do this don't do that the bible's filled with stories that you'll look at this story and say when this bible was written thousands of years ago how did they know that similar situations were going to be going on today two thousand years later and it's like a, it's a timeless piece of advice. That's why I look at it. It's got a story for everything. If you've got problems with your relationships, there's timeless stories in the Bible that'll make your ears ring. It's like, oh my God, I can't believe Jesus thousands of years ago understood what I was going to go through in my relationship. And you could look at um, problems with business. There's, there's things about business. There's things about finances. There's things about mental health. There's things about physical health. So for me, even if you're not a big believer, right, even if you don't want to read it for the, you know, the, the, the process of following the faith and all that stuff, if you're looking for timeless pieces and timeless stories that relate to today's world that could just kind of help you navigate things, there's, there's nothing better to me than the Bible. Nothing. So would you, would you say like that's helped you through like, I mean, we're not going to get into it, but you've had a tough a year and a half, let's say. Yeah. Like, would you say that that's something that's like really helped you get through it? It's the only thing that helped me get through it. So yeah, I got divorced, right? In the last two years, I've been divorced. I have two kids. My life got twisted upside down. And a lot of times when something like that happens in your life, everything changes, right? So now you just might think one thing in your life is changing, but everything changes. And when you go through something tough in life, anybody who's been through a difficult situation knows, you find out the people around you, you find out who's, who's really for you. And who's not? And unfortunately, right? Like everyone says it, we don't believe it till it happens. 
if you're surrounded by 50 people in your life, there's probably two of them, if you're lucky, that are really going to stick around. And that's what happened to me. And it happened in business. It happened every year in my life. And I was stuck there. I didn't know what to do. And I had some people around me that led to pick up the Bible. And it's like, again, you're thinking in 2023, I'm going through a divorce. What could be in this book that was written thousands of years ago that's going to relate to me? It's impossible. Everything's changed. But it's, it's just amazing. Everything is, is extreme. It's just timeless. I keep saying it. And everything relates to today. And I just, I got into the habit of every time I, I'm getting anxiety, every time I'm having something I'm going through, I don't know how to navigate. Read it, right? Pick up, pick out a story in the Bible. There's all these apps now that'll direct you towards if you're having a certain, certain type of problem, it'll give you verses and you could read it. And it's like having this un, just this, this crazy amount of, of, advice and stories on what you're going through. Wow. That's, that's pretty amazing to be honest with you. I never really thought of it like that, but I guess the way, the way you're explaining it, it makes a lot of sense, like a a lot of sense. And And we went to Catholic school. Go for it. Right. We did. We did. And I, you know, we did. You're absolutely right. Never really heard of anything like that. Like the way you, you did it. I mean, you may, maybe you could just teach that to somebody, to be honest with you. I mean, you're, I would listen. I would honestly, I would, I would love to do it. And again, for anyone out there, I know when you're, you hear about like the 10 commandments and you're thinking the 10 commandments are just, you know, a way that you have to do all this stuff you don't understand. Again, if you really look at this stuff and you look at something like the 10 commandments, and this isn't any religion, this is in the Muslim religion. This is in the Jewish religion, anything, any, any laws that were outlined in religion, when it's broken down, it's just a way to help you live better amongst other human beings. That's all it is. It's just a way for you to navigate life better and to navigate tough situations. So what I preach to everyone is don't take everything you read so literally, you know, kind of open up your mind and say like, you know, how does this relate to life today? And then your, your mind will actually be blown. It really, it's an amazing thing. That's incredible, man. That really is. Um, I love how you, how you put that. And we got into that. We got into that pretty deep there. Now I want to go, I want to switch a little bit more to you. I don't know if I know the answer to this one, but like, there's a lot of talk these days, right? About morning routines. So what are your thoughts on them? Do you have one? My thoughts on morning routines are, it's just such a cliche because you see all these guys on podcasts like us and you would probably expect me, I'm a gym guy, you'd probably expect me to, you know, to brown my eye and say, in the morning, you got to get up, you got to take an ice bath, you got to run six miles, you got to write down all your goals. Listen, anybody, if you're out there and you're trying to be successful and you're looking at these people's morning routines and thinking like, I don't know why I can't do that, you're not alone. Like the morning, it's an important part of your day, but let's be honest, right? No one's going to, you're not going to wake up at 3.30 in the morning do the ice bath. I'm not saying this stuff isn't good. It's great. But if you really want to be successful, the best morning routine is to get as much sleep as you possibly can. And I'm a big believer in this. I'm not saying to sleep till noon, right? I'm not saying to be a lazy bum, but sleep as long as you possibly can, because what happens when we sleep? When we sleep, our mind works a lot better. So negative emotions will happen, stresses that we go through seem a lot smaller than they would if you didn't get any sleep, which a lot of people know that, right? If you go a whole night without sleeping, and you wake up and you spill a glass of coffee or you spill your, your milk. It's like the end of the world because you're agitated. Your day's done. You didn't sleep. Your day's done, right? So I tell everybody, sleep as long as you can. I get up and this doesn't have to be a prayer. If you don't have faith, I say it to God, right? And I say what I'm thankful for and what I'm trying to get out of the day. I ask for things, all right? And a lot of times, again, if you're not asking God, 
ask the universe for what you want, right? So again, that could take five minutes of me saying, listen, I'm thankful for this, 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 and this. And what I'm really hoping to, to get out of today and what I'm hoping to get out of the next month and year is this. These are my goals. Put them out there into the universe, right? Put that energy out there because it's going to come back to you. And um, whatever you want to do after that is, is what you do, right? So it's just the mornings to me are about staying relaxed and having a nice start to your day. And the best way I can think to do that is just to lay in my bed, to say a prayer, to talk a little bit, and then I get up and start my day. But what I'm learning, especially now, and I don't know if it was like this in past generations, is everyone's exhausted, everyone's stressed out, everyone has health issues because of everyone's on the phone before bed, everyone's rushing around, right? Everyone's, you know, you could have problems with the food. Maybe the food isn't as pure as it was in years prior. The best thing that you could do for your body and mind is to sleep as much as possible. So all these successful guys out there talking about, I don't sleep, I'll sleep when I'm dead. You know, I, I don't really know how, how successful you're going to be if you, if you don't sleep. You know, I'm not saying you got to sleep 18 hours a day, but I would say prioritize your sleep, prioritize your rest. If you're going to get up, if, you, if your choices are, let me get up an hour early and do an ice bath and let me sleep in an hour, I would say the benefits are going to be better if you sleep in an hour. Let's just, let's be honest. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's true though, because you know, you know, you see a lot of people they're, they're, they're like pumping their morning routine in your face all the time, like all the, and it's not, to me, it's, it's not as important to have like this drawn out routine as it is to just know what you have to do when you wake up. Like yes, my, yeah. for example, my mornings start my morning starts the day before because when I'm done with work for the day, I just write down what I have to do the next day and I know what I, and I know what needs to be done. And like sometimes, you know, me and my wife like to sit on the couch for a little longer and have coffee before we, before we go to the gym. But like you, if you don't sleep, like you said, if you're not getting the right amount of sleep, you're, you're toast. Like the, you're, you are done. And as you get older, you realize that because that's everything, right? Your body, that's recovery. That's just mental, mental clarity, like all of it. So you'll be, you'd be surprised, man. Like, and I don't believe the people who go out there and are just like, oh, I, I sleep four hours a night. Like, no, you don't. Navy SEALs sleep four hours a night. And right. that's because they're in training. So right. it's, it's, yeah, that's, it's, it's, a, it's a form of torture, right? So, right. you know, like, listen, if I'm, I'm lucky, if I get six, seven hours a night, that's great. But I tell everybody, you know, just you got to focus on being rested because, again, you might get up three hours early and do some crazy stuff. But if you're exhausted the rest of the day, then what the hell good was your morning routine? And this is like, again, being in the industry, we're in the industry of fitness, we're in the industry of motivation, all this stuff. You see all these people that have a big platform on social media and they're pushing this stuff that, yeah, it sounds good. But, man, we're not living in a Rocky movie. You know, we're living in real life here. So stop doing what's – again, everything is for show. It's that Instagram mentality of – I do this, I do that. You ever see these videos, Steve, of these guys who iron their bed in the morning? You ever see that? Yeah. They iron their sheets? Who has time and to I'm, do that? I'm looking at them, I'm saying, what a, what a loser are you? You're ironing your sheets in the This is what you do? You get up to iron your sheets? That's, that's you know, I mean, again, I'm not trying to single anybody out. But if you're, if you're trying to push people that they have to get up in the morning and they have to iron their sheets, then that's, that's an issue. And I would say, like, you know, I don't know if you're fit to be pushing information to the rest of the world, if I'm being honest with you. Right. It's, uh, that's okay. not, that's not a, like, that's not a skill that's useful in life to be honest. For that's what? just, that's the, what are you doing it for? There's no point right. in doing that. Right. It's, it's a show thing for social media. And right. speaking of social media, 
I want to know, like, I know you run a business, you're busy, you, you're a busy person. How do you disconnect from all of it? Like, what are some things that you do just to take some time to disconnect, even if it's like 15, 20 minutes, but how do you, what are some things that you do to get away yes. from it? I mean, listen, it's difficult, but first and foremost, working out is still extremely fun to me. And I tell everybody in the gym, right? Even my clients, when I'm working out, I'm not a trainer. I'm not here to train you. Like I'm another client in the gym. I, I blast my weird music, right? Sometimes I play the Elvis. Sometimes I play the country, right? Whatever I'm feeling, I blast it. I, I, I fully indulge into my workout. And for an hour of my day, I'm just a guy who worked today and then is training, right? I'm getting my mind off of things. I'm not thinking about work. That's how, that's the biggest way I could disconnect, which I had a fear of that when I first got into the industry because I said, you know, now I'm taking something I love to do, which is working out. And I'm making it a career. So am I going to start to feel like every time I work out, it's like a job? But, you know, and I went through that phase for a little bit. But I found different ways to navigate that and make it a fun thing again. So that's the number one way I disconnect. Um, the, other, the other ways I love to disconnect are just, you know, my father's a, a, a carpenter. And if my dad watches this, I am not a carpenter, right? I'm not saying by any means that I'm a carpenter. But if I have any hobby outside of working out, I love building stuff. I love doing carpentry. I love working on stuff because there's just something about, you know, working with your hands that just it just disconnects you from reality. It's amazing. You know something? It's really funny because I I remember this is this is has to be a few years ago because your father was was your father is a like a craftsman. Like the guy is a master at carpentry. But he was working at my parents' house and he was like, you know, he's like Robert thinks that just because he has a house now and he fixes stuff himself. He thinks that he, he thinks that he knows what he's doing. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's like, I look at it. It looks terrible. I was like, I was like, uncle Bobby, come on, man. Like just let him have it. I understand. Cause I don't know how to do anything. So, yeah. you know, I can't do anything. I tried. I, I just screwed my drawers in. I, I lost screws. It took me three years to put the screws back in. So, you know, we're, we're, we're working on things. Listen, That's listen, it. you know, but I mean, if there's anyone that I'm showing, I don't even show him my work now. Like I got better over the last couple of years of just screwing things up enough. But it's funny. I actually recently built a bar table and I did it in secret. I didn't want to tell him because I didn't want to hear his opinions. I didn't want to hear him <laughs> tell me the way to do it. So I did it. It came out great. And I waited like maybe four months and I was at dinner one day and I was like, oh, you know, I built this. What do you think? And he's like, he, he looks at the phone and I could tell in his head, he's going back and forth between, should I tell him how he screwed up or should I just let him have, let him have the moment? Right. And he's like, oh yeah, it looks good. And I was like, you know, in my head, I'm like, all right, you've probably seen 15 mistakes, but, um, you know, listen, no one's, I'm not going to ever live up to my father. But again, I do understand why, like my father loves to work. And right. he like, if you ask him, like you could do electrical work, you could do this, you could do that, which he all knows how to do. He'll say like, I just, he gets excited about the carpentry jobs. Yes. Like that artistic stuff where he has to create something like, I don't know, man. But if, if you've never done carpentry, I would say just like take a shot at it and then you'll have appreciation. Like you'll look, you'll come into someone's house and look at their molding and be like, that's incredible, right? Because something that maybe you never looked at before, never understood what goes into it. But building is an art, man. And I, sometimes I don't understand, like we don't give general contractors, we don't give construction, we don't give them enough credit. Like you know how difficult it is to make something that's level? You know how difficult it is to build even a box that's level? If you've never right. done it, it's almost – it's like so difficult. And we're looking at things all around where we're taking for granted. It's, it's amazing. Right. Absolutely. You're absolutely right about that. Like that is, that is art to its finest right there. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's patience. unbelievable. Patience exactly. to its finest too. Exactly. So, so now let's, 
let's talk about this, right? This is the reason that we have this show. What does living an awesome life mean to you or look like to you? It's, it's not as extravagant as you would think. What, a, what living an awesome life is to me is being surrounded by, uh, you know, be surrounded by my family first and foremost. Having financial success, that's enough for me to take care of the people around me, which is huge. And again, whenever I say my prayers, whenever I put things down to the universe, I'm not asking for financial success so that I could splurge and do this and that. I want to take care of the people around me. That's second. And third thing is to have my health. So it's, it's probably the simplest, most dry cut answer. But, you know, just having a beautiful house that I could come home to, it doesn't have to be a crazy mansion, having my family around me, having my physical health and my mental health is great. And again, just knowing that the work that I do, what I get up every morning to do helps me take care of the people around me, helps me take care of my parents, helps me take care of my significant other, helps me take care of my friends, whoever I could take care of is who I want to take care of. And then the last piece of that is doing something meaningful every day with my career. And I feel like I found that. I feel like maybe that will pivot in the future. I don't know. But every day I get up now and I know that when I go to work to make money, I'm doing things that are changing people's lives. So, you know, you can't beat that. And I see so many people out there that are living life and they could be making a million dollars. They're not doing anything of substance. They're not doing anything that is, you know, making a difference in the world. And they know that. And we're human beings, man. We, we need a purpose. We need to get up in the morning and know that what we're doing is making a difference. And, you know, that's the biggest thing I stress to everybody too. You might have a cushy corporate job and you might want to quit it in the back of your mind. There's going to be a million people around you that are going to say, don't do it. You need the comfort, you need the security in your retirement. Dude, it's, it's 10 times better to make less money and do something that feeds your soul every day, right? Like, you know, I, t I tell everybody, your soul has got a currency. So you want to feed your soul just as much as you feed your pocket, right? That stuff... Money will come if you're doing something that you love. So for me, those five things, just having my health, my family, having uh, enough financial success to take care of people around me, and also doing something that I love that I know is making a difference, that's, that's, that's heaven to me. That's, that's the dream. That's, and, and the thing about that too is you're right. So many people don't really, you know, they might be making a lot of money, but they're not happy. So then what's, what's the point? Really, what's what's the point of it if you're not going to be happy? And like what's you, just, and listening to you talk about it, like you could see the fire when you talk about this. Like you could see the fire in your eyes when yeah, you love getting up every day. You love helping people, and that's incredible. And that's the reason that I had you on the show. So yeah, I listen. I yeah. appreciate it, man. And uh, you know, I just the biggest thing that we could do, especially guys like you and I, is just push to the next person. Is you know, take the shot. Take the shot. Quit. You know what I mean? Like I tell everybody all the time, if, you, if you're going to like another job will be there, right? Like there's always going to be another way to make money. What are you worried about? What, what you should be worried about is one day, hopefully 50 years down the line, you're sitting on your deathbed and you're looking back at your life and you're realizing like, I didn't do one thing in my life that was worthwhile. I didn't, I didn't chase one dream. And I, I, I think there was a study done on this. You've probably seen it. They, they questioned people on their deathbed. The number one thing was I, le I led my life in a way that other people wanted me to do it. Yeah. And I, didn't, I wasn't true to myself. And again, how many people are living their life with their eyes closed? They're following you know, the behind of the sheep in front of them, so to say. They're just going in the line. And then one day you're going to wake up, man. Life's going to go like this. It's going to be 40 years down the line. You're going to be looking back at your life and realizing, I had one shot at this thing and I, I lived it scared and I lived it not chasing my dreams. 
you know, it doesn't matter how old you are. You can, you can still chase your dream. You still have enough time to do what you want to do. And I promise you, it's going to reward you. Absolutely. Absolutely. I can't, I can't even say that any better than that, but you're, you're right. I did see that study. It was on social. It's, it's crazy that that's what all people on their death. It's regret that they have. Regret? You don't want to have, you don't want to have regret. So no, that's, that's and, the worst thing in the world. It's the worst thing. thing. So this is a quick pivot to, I ask everybody who comes on the show. All right. What's your go-to karaoke song? Oh man. Go-to karaoke song. Um, I'm a big Elvis guy. So, uh, <laughs> uh, I would, I would have to say, even though I'm a big Elvis guy, it would have to be a Bon Jovi. I think living on a prayer is probably my, my go-to karaoke song. That's Which probably, might be, that might be cookie cutter. I think a lot of people might say that, but I mean, listen, when it's on, you can't help but jam out to it. It doesn't matter. No, you're the first one who said that. So that's good. You know, I, I was at a, I was at a, a Met game the other day and they, they had a karaoke thing and they played it. And it's like, you know, there's, there's thousands of people around you. Like you just can't help it. You know, you, it's Bon Jovi. You got to say, right. you have to, you have, you belt it at the top you of your lungs. It and right? then your, your arms start to go. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's something, I, I think they put something weird. They put some subliminal <laughs> messages in that song that make you just like have to sing it when it's on. I don't know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now before we get out of here, I want you to tell everybody uh, where and how they can find you. Yeah, so they could you could find us on LaRocaFitness.com is my website, or you could find us on Instagram at um, Laraka Fitness. Real easy, I'm sure Steve will put up a tag below, um, and that's the best way to find us. And where our messages are always open, our direct messages. That is what I consider my personal Instagram. So if anybody has any feedback, if anybody just wants to talk, if anybody wants to learn more about the faith and the Bible and stuff I spoke about, just shoot me a DM, um, fill out our form on the website, and I will be the first one to see it. Awesome. Rob, thank you so much for coming on the show today. This was amazing. Um, love talking to you. Um, me and Alex still have to get to the gym, by the way. I know. To you. I'm waiting. Um, I know. She texts me. She's like, I'm going to be in Staten Island tomorrow. And then she doesn't show up. Well, sometimes we, sometimes we actually, what happens is sometimes we plan on coming to Staten Island and then something changes. So it's like we like the last time I texted you, I was supposed to come, didn't come. It's a, it's just like we were supposed to go to Staten Island and the plan changed. So well, tell tell her those chin ups. I followed the chin up story very closely. Okay, and con congratulations on the chin up. That was great. I was like looking every day. I was like, wow, when is she gonna get it? And she did it. Yeah, she set her she set her mind to it and she did it. It's amazing. Dude, I think she, dude, she killed it. She went. Killed she it. said she set it for the end of the year. I was like, dude, how awesome it is. It's August. Like you killed. Yeah. Killed it, what, man. Now the next goal. Now we need the next goal. Tell her we're looking for the I, next thing to follow. I, Come on, I'm I, waiting. I, I'm up there. Absolutely. I'm gonna. I'm, I'll tell her when we get off this. Absolutely. Right. So everybody, right. thank you for listening. Um, you could don't forget to go leave us a review on Apple and Spotify wherever you get your podcast. Follow us on YouTube. We're gonna blow this thing up. Um, thank you for listening to Doing Awesome, Rob. Thank you again, and we will see you next week.